0: it's friday welcome back to the snakes cast welcome back to steve tassey thank you very much for having me back you're very welcome and welcome back to the concept of trick-taking games So I'm just going to dive straight in there. I want to talk about Illumat. <laughs> yes. uh, listeners who heard the uh, Games Based on Literature episode will remember me mentioning this as a little side thing. Uh, it was the game that uh, the Decemberists uh, invented the imagery of the game when they were taking uh, photographs, promotional photographs of one of their albums, and then six years later had Keith Baker turn it into a real game, which you can now go out and buy. And it is trick-taking. So again, it's trick-taking, which means I haven't played it. You have, Steve. Tell I, us about it. I
1: have played it once. Uh, it's an interesting game uh, that uh, in it has a backstory. I mean, it's a fairly standard trick-taking game in a lot of ways, but it's a game that gives you a theme. Right. Uh, you are um, sort of uh 1920s-ish occultists. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the game is designed to let you sort of prove your your dominance over the other uh, practitioners of the spooky arts. Nice. Uh, And um, it uses more than just cards. It has a board element to it as well because uh, it's played on a... A square board the version that I was using uh, was from the Kickstarter and so it was a it was a fabric uh, painted mat nice um, so I don't know what the what the components of the the retail version sure. are like uh, but it, so it has a it has a, a square board uh, with a central area that you, you put the box of the game on Uh, And everyone puts their sort of occult token on that. And the areas of the board uh, as separated into quadrants uh, are where you play certain cards. Mm. Uh, And so, you know, all the spring cards go in one section. All the winter cards go in a different section. Interesting. Uh, And each of the different seasons has an effect on the game. And sometimes the box changes position and the Ooh. so the yeah and uh, the box governs which quadrant is which season, if memory serves correctly. Uh, and so you can you can rotate the box uh, and cause things to now have to get played in different parts of the of the playmat. You score points for the tricks that you take, you score points for bonus cards that you get, you score points for if you still have your totem at the end of the round and if you have other people's totems I think you get points and then uh, on each edge of the playmat each player has their own unique score track and if you get to the end of your score track you've won the game. Ooh, I like yeah. the sound of this. Yeah, it's a neat one. It also sounds like something where the
0: physical like the, we talk about moving parts of a game sort of meaning everything that's moving but the physical moving parts in this sound really interesting. It yeah. sounds like it's quite a visual uh, experience. Yeah, it,
1: it's it's got a great aesthetic. Uh, it, it looks nice, and uh, yeah, it's a, it was a neat game. I it makes sense it. for a game that's kind of come out of
0: being a visual originally mm-hmm. uh, and having been turned into something else. Nice. I will have to look this one up. Yeah, one It'll, of
1: our gurus, Scott,
0: is uh, he was the guy who got it and introduced it to me. I will be it. messaging him to try it out. <laughs> it also occurs to me, just as listening to you talk about that, that trick taking seems to me to be a very logical mechanism to use for games that are about vying for power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could imagine... I've, I've never played something like Diplomacy or Game of Thrones, but I could see scenarios where there's some sort of council, where trick-taking would be a very, very sort of uh, logical thing to use because of that concept of I am mm-hmm. playing a thing blind into a um, yeah. pot to begin it all, mm-hmm. and I've put my card on the table very literally. Yeah. And then... Everybody else kind of plays around and it depends on how much they want to pitch into this one, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I feel like there's a theme there that maybe, I'm sure there are games out there. And listeners, please tell us if there's something you've played that uses this because, you know, we're not that aware of it. And actually, when I was speaking to different people to see who would like to come and and talk on this podcast, a lot of people said to me, I don't really know trick-taking games. Mm -hmm. Which I think comes back to what we were saying on Monday. There's Sure, there's games out there, but they're... Not as numerous as some things. Anyway, uh, moving on, there are a couple of others that, that we've got on the list uh, that we can talk about. Now, one of the ones that's sort of been ubiquitous in the sense that I have heard it show up on games people have played, and I think if you said it to people, they go, oh, actually, yeah, I have played a trick taking game, and that's Diamonds. Hmm. Uh, this has been around for a few years, and I think has it, it I understand. I haven't played it personally, but my understanding is its ease of play makes it accessible in the way that perhaps those old French deck card games. Uh, you know, the traditional yeah.
1: deck was. Yeah, Diamonds is quite straightforward. It's from uh, Stronghold Games. Uh, I got to demo it at Gen Con a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It uses a fairly standard set of cards. I'm not going to say it's a standard deck of cards because it's not. They produced their own deck for the game. But it's, you know, uh, sequential numbers in the four standard suits. Where the game uh, adds is each player has a screen. That is their vault, and the game uses gemstones. Each different suit, if you win a trick with that suit, that gives you the ability to do an extra action. Right. Uh, So, like, just winning the trick lets you take gems and put them in front of your vault. But if they're in front of your vault and not in your vault, they're not safe. Right. Um, but if you win a, a trick with the right suit, you get to then transfer gems into your vault where they're safe. Uh, if you win with a different suit, you get to steal a gem that's in front of somebody else's vault uh, and so on. And at the end of the game, the goal is to have the most gems in your vault. Right. Yeah. This I,
0: And I've seen this on tables And it has Mm -hmm. that simplicity, but it also has those few extra elements that take it beyond just a regular deck of cards because the suits are doing their own thing. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool.
1: I like trick-taking games that give you a bit of a reason to be doing what you're doing. Sure. Like, uh, I played a ton of Euchre and Hearts in high school uh, and in university, and, you know, that was a lot of my free time between classes was playing those games, and I love them. But I like a game that... You know, makes you bank robbers, or uh, makes you snake charmers, or uh, weird occultists. Whatever it is, something that gives you a theme uh, that that tells you why you're doing what you're doing and why you might be playing the cards that you're you're playing.
0: Right, and it seems to me interesting. I'm just looking at the top ten games on BoardGameGeek Geek that are trick taking by number of reviews, and mm. therefore presumably by number of people that have played them who are on the site. And it seems like themes are few and far between. Mm-hmm. Because we have Tichu, we have Wizard, we have the Great Dalmuti, uh, we have Diamonds, we have Haggis, Hearts, Bridge. Um, you know, none of these... There's Frank Zoo and the Bottle Imp, which seem mm-hmm. to me to be the only two that just on of, on first glance of a box cover mm-hmm. might have some kind of a theme to them, but
1: I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be something that isn't inherently present. Yeah, I guess for a lot of people, the trick-taking mechanic just seems... Like an abstract mechanic, the way rolling dice and moving your stones in backgammon or placing your pieces uh, in Othello or in Connect Four it seems just an abstract thing. There's no reason for why you're doing those actions other than because that's what the game is and you want to win the game. And so I I think a lot of people think of trick-taking that way because when you say trick taking to someone if they even actually know what that terminology if they're familiar with that terminology sure they are going to think bridge and hearts and euchre these standard traditional card games that have no theme to them because they're sure. just a deck of cards well and there's one, one that just came to my
0: head which it sort of stands slightly aside from board gaming but uh you know in many ways it fits perfectly into what we're talking about right now and that's top trumps uh Top Trunks is inherently trick-taking if you're playing the game of it rather than just collecting the cards. But again, you know, the only theme is in it's the, it's it's sort of the equivalent of getting a deck of cards that has a uh, you know, a design on the back that is, you know, like the, the Cthulhu bicycle deck mm-hmm. that is just a deck of cards that has tentacles on the back of it but is otherwise a deck of cards top Mm -hmm. trumps is just facts about cars about you know sports players whatever it happens to be and the theme is in the design but not in the gameplay itself right so there are other games out there we haven't really touched on because they are not in our realm of experience and i think that it reinforces what we've been saying i think let's have some more trick-taking games out there that spread out into the hobby field a little more mm-hmm. you know make something of another game that involves trick taking maybe as a part of it maybe you have to buy the cards that
1: you then use mm-hmm. and I, there's, even... there's a lot of room for it to get toyed around with uh, yeah in ways that we either haven't seen or just for whatever reason are in games that we haven't played yet yeah very much so
0: So, listeners, please do get in touch with us if we're missing something glaringly obvious or, uh, you know, just to illuminate us about some games that may just not be something that we've come across yet. Because, much as we know a lot of games here, we certainly don't know them all. Um, And, you know,
1: maybe it's impossible to know them all. It's impossible
0: (laughs) to know them all. And maybe there's just a bunch of trick takers out there none of us has, has played. But for now, that's going to be all that we have time for this week. Thank you very much indeed to Mr. Steve Tassie for coming on and talking about Trick Takers this week. My pleasure to be back. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com. If you would like to talk to us about trick-taking games, to say hello, to further the discussion on anything that we've talked about here on the podcast, uh, please do get in touch. The Snakes cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we are going to discuss Canadian games, that's games by Canadian designers. The opinions expressed on the Snakes cast are those of the presenters and guests and nobody else's. See you
1: next week.